You're tuned into the It's Real podcast with your hosts, Kayla Callender and Andrew Yagi. Each week, we'll talk about what happens behind the scenes working full time in real estate and share with you real life stories, our successes, and failures as we work to help consumers and industry professionals reach their real estate and real life goals. Here we go. Episode 29 of the It's Real podcast. I'm Andrew Yagi, and I'm a real estate agent. I'm Kayla Callender, and I'm a mortgage lender. Kayla, how's your week going this week? So far, so good. I can definitely feel the holiday season, although I feel like it started a month ago. In Fargo, there's always so much to do, Andy, that, you know, my email's blowing up, my, my phone, with all good things. And I love this time of year because... It's just like everyone has a sparkle and it's just such a cozy time to just be with family and friends. And I'm already feeling it in Fargo. So how about you? How's your week going? Yeah, the week's going well. Uh, You know, Kayla, every week just seems to fly by and, you know, everybody's busy, but I just, uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm kind of enjoying kind of the real estate off season here. You know, I'm probably visiting with at least a couple of people a day. Um, you know, about selling or, you know, getting prepared to sell for next year, still working with some buyers. But, you know, obviously motivations are not high for home buying, um, you know, this time of year for pretty obvious reasons. Uh, so just kind of try to take advantage of that. Tie up loose ends, kind of look at our systems, our procedures, you know, everything that we're doing and kind of get amped up. Uh, for the next year. As far as holiday stuff, you know, Kayla, I'm really loving the nice weather. I mean, today, I think it's going to be mid-40s, but I look out my office window here and not seeing the snow. It's a little bit hard, um, you know, to get into the Christmas spirit. And there are certainly events going on. In fact, we had a a great event we have in Fergus Falls Over the River Holiday Festival. The Downtown Riverfront Council puts it on and kind of a great town festival with fireworks. It all kind of starts out with Santa coming to town and Santa comes via airplane and guess who gets to fly Santa? Let me guess. Could it be Mr. Andrew Yegi? Could be I. So I get to fly uh, Santa. This is becoming kind of a, a regular annual thing. And, you know, my girls are at such a great age where, you know, they're really loving Santa and even Ivy wasn't quite sure what she thought of Santa. Oh. She was, you know, a little bit, a little bit freaked out, but you know, it was, uh, Kind of a really awesome time and fun to just take part in in the, the town festivals. I was looking around uh, Facebook too. It looks like uh, you you guys were doing a little uh, a little oh. holiday something or another. So we take our dogs to see the Christmas lights every year. We bring like cider or cocoa and treats for the dogs, and they love it. It's you know I never thought that they would, but for the last I think three or four years we take the pups and. They just love the lights as much as anybody else. So, but maybe my dogs will have to come fly in your plane someday, Andy, and see the lights that way. Yeah, they, they probably would enjoy it. I, some animals get a lot of anxiety, but I know yeah. some people, some of my friends who fly and they have animals and, and they really, really love it. So that's awesome. Well, I love that you flew Santa. What an experience. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it was something I look forward to every year. That's awesome. I'm sure you're going to be rewarded with, um, Amazing gifts from Santa this year. You know, I sure hope so. I hope I'm on the nice list. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> so what's going on? What are you seeing kind of in, in real estate and mortgage and everything, Kayla? Um, you know, 
are you seeing things pick up a little bit or again, people just not overly motivated to do a whole lot? You know, I think I put myself out there a lot, Andy. I, I try to be available. I try to, you know, connect and network no matter what time of year. I feel like I never really let off the pedal, which might not, I'm not telling everyone to do that. Um, but I find that I'm still getting a lot of applications and which surprises me for the time of year, but I anticipate any day now we will see it slow down because people are focusing on year end taking PTO. They're focusing on using their benefits. They're focusing on their kids' holiday programs or Christmas concerts. And there's, it's such an accumulation of things that it is not a busy time of year. It really isn't. Um, I've got a, quite a few deals that we're wrapping up for the year, but anytime we're getting a new purchase agreement, pretty much from here on out, we know it's going to be 2024. And mm -hmm. I don't know if this is common everywhere. I've never really talked to a ton of other um, lenders about this, but I wonder if it's also slower in like the December, January, February in places like Florida or California, because people just don't want to deal with moving in the winter. So I feel like they kind of like push it off or go see homes. Sure. So I'm seeing it's still a little busy, but I fully anticipate we'll see a little bit of a screeching halt for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. yeah. How about you? Yeah, I would agree. Like I said, I mean, it's unless someone's really motivated, things are quiet, but a lot of people thinking about their goals next year, um, you know, which is really, really awesome. I, in fact, I had one of our podcast viewers in my office uh, just yesterday and uh, just kind of talking about selling a family property and, you know, and really appreciating, you know, the information that, that we put out there um, and staying in front of people and staying relevant. It's on a lot of people's minds, but yeah, just the motivation. Yeah. The thing that I'm really loving, Kayla, you know, as I as I, you know, keep looking is seeing, you know, rates, um, you know, dropping and even seeing emails from both yourself and from other area lenders, even, you know, in some 15 years, even though the national average is six and a half, seems that I'm starting to even see some fives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, right now we're seeing the rates trend down. We are. It's not anything substantially quick and fast and and abrupt, but we're seeing a decline. And I actually quoted someone the other day, 5.95. Wow. It was a bond program. So, you know, depending on income and down payment assistance, things like that. But the fact of the matter is if it's VA or USDA or bond, we can see some fives um, as of as of today anyway. And I fully anticipate that we will cons you know, continue to see that gradual decline. And that creates um, energy and it creates buzz and people are going to start coming back around to apply again. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really interesting, um, you know, too, to kind of see, and which makes total sense that, you know, refinancing um, is starting to pick up a little bit, you know, as rates are dropping and, you know, it's still kind of hard to fathom just because what, what was the, the value again? What's the average individual have for a rate? Is it in the high fours or something or? I would anticipate it would probably be in the fours because there was that time where it was like high twos, some threes. Maybe five-ish. Five I want to say maybe it was around that. But. And then depending how if they do, what kind of average they do, I would say if, if they're anywhere between four and five, um, I, I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting just to see that, hey, you know, it's up and, you know, it's risen, you know, 2.8%. Um, have you started to see any refis yet? Yeah, I've got one actually right now um, in Minnesota. So okay. the cash out refinance. So they're Ooh. getting equity out awesome. and they're paying off debt. And right now we haven't locked that loan because we're 
watching rates. We're going to see if we can get it a little bit lower. So, sure. you know, I will say half of my business a few years ago, Andy, was refinancing. I Probably not the best way to build your business, to be honest, but that's just how it was. Mm -hmm. um, that was a different type of year. It wasn't that, that I was focusing on that. But half of my business, and now I think I've had two refinances all year mm -hmm. to kind of just tell you the difference. Don't put all your eggs in one basket is what that says. And I mean, I even think when we refied in 2020, I mean, we couldn't even get ours done on time because there was such right. a, a refinance craze. It was nuts. Uh, yeah, it, it really, really was. Yeah. And I remember thinking like our calendars were so full that we couldn't even like schedule on a Friday. We'd be like, oh, the following Wednesday because it was just too full of refis. So it was a waiting game for sure. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I think at, at some point, Kayla, we should do an episode on, you know, talking about cash out refis because, yeah. you know, depending on your goals and where you're at and how much equity you have, those can be a great tool. In fact, that's kind of what I, what I use to kind of jump into investment properties. Um, mm -hmm. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people even know about. I mean, even one of the lenders I was talking to, you know, really, I mean, didn't even suggest it and, you know, was suggesting a commercial option with, you know, probably 30% down, um, you know, versus taking some of my equity right. uh, and, you know, and, and paying cash for something. And so right. I, I think we should talk about that because I think that's something that that is overlooked a lot, especially when people have, like you say, maybe there's some debt or something that would, you know, it would really, you know, take some stress away from some someone sure. or, you know, help them get into something or, or reach another goal. So I think we should talk about that down the road, maybe after the new year, Kayla. Yeah. Maybe season two. Ooh, are, are you hinting that there might be a season two of the It's Real podcast? You're not sick of me yet? I'm saying it's a viable option. <laughs> and well, no, we're, at, <laughs> we're, we're at episode 29, Kayla, and it's really hard to believe that, you know, we made it this far because what was yeah. the statistic? How many, how many episodes do people do on average? 10 or 20. I couldn't remember. I think it was yeah. 20. I quit. Yeah. yeah. So look at us. Look at us go. Indeed. So, well, Kayla, it, it's been kind of a fun journey, and uh, I'm I, I would commit to uh, to a season two if you would. Are we committing right now? Okay. All right. Okay, I'll put you on the spot. Okay, we'll shake on it. I like it. <laughs> well, Kayla, let's jump into our topic today, um, which is real estate myths. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Yes. Yeah. So many out there. There are a lot of myths out there. And I think, you know, that that's true of most everything out there. But um, I think, you know, we yeah. went to work. You you sent me a few and I, I threw a couple together here. So why don't we share, Kayla, kind of the top six myths, you know, that um, that we see as it mm -hmm. pertains to real estate. So myth number one, Kayla, it's OK to wait to get pre-qualified. I just want to look at houses. You know, I'll get pre-qualified later if I really like it. Mm -hmm. Yes, my my um, pet peeve. You know, I understand why <laughs> clients might think that I'll just wait until you know I'm I'm looking, but I'm not gonna going to apply because I just don't want to go through that and have my credit pulled and and I'm not even buying right now. But what happens is a house comes up and it comes up on a Friday or a Thursday and and it's a mad dash suddenly for a client to get approved. And not every situation is cut and dry. Rates have been higher. People have had different jobs, especially since COVID. There's been, you know, we look at a two-year history of a job, um, of employment history, and 
it's it's a little bit harder to approve people lately, especially when they have to make so much more to qualify. So um, my biggest piece of advice is don't wait to get pre-qualified or pre-approved. Those words can be used interchangeably, but go and get um, a meeting with a lender, whether it's online, on the phone, in person, and just get approved. Because once you do, that letter of approval is good for four months. And people forget that. So you're good for four months. And then if that lapses, then you refresh it. You provide updated information, et cetera. So my biggest piece of advice is get approved because you don't want to find the house and be like, well, shoot, I didn't get it quick enough. And as rates come down, there's going to be a lot more people out there buying and it's going to be your competition. So that's one of the, the myths is it's okay to wait to get pre-qualified. And I say, meh. Don't follow that advice. Eh. Meh. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree too. And, and on the other side of the coin, you know, we have a lot of buyers that come and say, Hey, I just want to see a house. Just show me the house. And so trying to quickly, you know, pre-qualify them as a buyer, you know, not even on the financial side, but Hey, what are you looking for? Are you renting? Do you own something right now? Do you have to sell in order to buy? And then, Hey, do you have a financial plan? Do you know what type of programs you might qualify for? Right. Because there are some really great options. And I, I still will never forget the lady that, you know, was was just very getting really upset with me because I wouldn't show her this house. Yeah. And, and I said, hey, this particular house is a major fixer upper. So if you're going to go VA, USDA, mm-hmm. uh, FHA, this house is not going to qualify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and she was just adamant about seeing the house. And, and I said, hey, I don't want to waste your time. And I don't want to waste mine. And she said, well, are, are you really worried about your time? I said, absolutely. I'm worried about yeah. my time. You know, time is yeah. Well, so get me qualified. Well, and also to that, I want to add is if you're, you've got some clients that might be approved for one program and another, you could go on. And I had a client the other day, it was a $50,000 difference if they went conventional or if they decided to go USDA. That's so, huge. It makes a difference. So, anyway. so it makes a lot of financial sense because, I mean, if, if you just willy-nilly come in, you're working with an online lender or something, and, hey, I'm just going to grab this conventional loan. It's what I should do. You might be paying too much. You might Correct. be leaving 50 grand on the table. Yep, exactly. So go talk to a lender today. Love it. Love it. Okay. Myth number two, Kayla, I need 20% down to purchase a home. You know, I thought that, I, I kept seeing reels on TikTok and Instagram about this. I'm like, why are, why are people still talking about this? I'm like, people know. And then I had a client ask me and I was like, oh man, okay, well, this is a real thought. And so people think they need 20% down constantly. You don't. In fact, some, you don't even need anything down. And I had a client the other day that they were working with a lender and they didn't have down payment assistance. And the client kept telling me, well, I know I have to have 7,000. I need to have 7,000. That's basically my you know, three and a half down. And I said, wait, 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 no, you don't. I'm like, I have you bringing in like a thousand dollars on closing day. And she's like, well, why is that? And I said, well, because there are down payment assistance options that I can offer you. So you don't need 20% down. Sometimes you don't even need the full payment um, or full down payment. And sometimes you might qualify for nothing down. So talk to a lender and find out what you qualify for. Absolutely. I love it. Myth number three, Kayla, picking the lender with the lowest rate is the best option or even along the same lines, you know, the real estate agent who charges the least amount. Mm -hmm. So when I grocery shop, 
I usually go to the store based on the location, the convenience, the quality. Um, I use Instacart, but whatever. Um, but I, I could spend all day looking for the cheapest almond milk. I could spend days and hours. And you want to know what? I could start at noon and then end at five, and then they're going to change their prices. So you're going to find someone that's the lowest. And if you continue to look, you're probably going to find someone that's lower. But the reason that you should not pick the lender with the lowest rate is it's not just about the interest rate. It is about so much more. Also, what's involved with a payment is monthly mortgage insurance. What if your rate is 7%, but compared to um, another lender that's at 7.125, but your mortgage insurance is 50 bucks more a month. What if they're charging you 5,000 in fees versus nothing? So you really need to have a thorough conversation. And one thing that I advise realtors to say is don't just say to your clients, go shop around for the best rate, go shop lenders. It's go have quality conversations with lenders and compare what they have to offer versus others. Because I also know people will get into contract, they'll take the lowest rate, they'll pay the highest fees, and then they can't get a hold of the lender. And I'm like, well, you forgot to ask them, are you available? You forgot to have that conversation. So pick the lender with the lowest rate. No, find the one that works for you. Yes, shop around, but make sure you know what you're shopping for. Same with real estate agents, Caleb. And I I tell people all the time, like, hey, I may not be the least expensive agent, but here's what you're going to get from me. Mm -hmm. You know, agents are notorious for abiding by the three P's and that they'll put a sign in the yard. They'll put the listing in the MLS and then they'll pray. They'll pray that someone else brings a buyer because they've got nothing in terms of marketing. And obviously you and I do a lot of video. We do a a lot of uh, things to connect with people. I have a really solid marketing plan that's proven, um, but I'm probably not going to be the least expensive. I know I'm also not the most expensive, but ultimately, um, you know, everyone's got to, got to do what's best for them. And, you know, the unfortunate thing I see is that so much, you know, is based on relationship, which relationships are are most important. But, and so I found that, Hey, if, if someone has a solid relationship with someone who's been in real estate for 40 years, I'm probably not going to beat that. But if you want someone who's going to pull out all the stops and give you the best bang for your buck, look no further. Amen. I agree with that. It goes for both realtors and lenders. Myth number four, Kayla, you can't purchase a home without a two-year work history. Yeah. So a lot of people think that they need to have been on the job for years because you we're at, we always ask for a two-year history. We need to. Fannie Mae requires it on the application. Some require a three-year. But what people don't realize is work history also includes school education. So I could have graduated from NDSU in 2020, in 2009, and have gotten a job right out of right out of college because I was working at uh, a bank. I could use my income um, mm-hmm. because that counts as a two year history. So a lot of people think, well, I I just don't have the the history to get a loan. No, you do. You've probably had four years of school or two years. We can count that. It's like a full time job technically. Sure. No, that's really awesome to know. Mm-hmm. Kayla, myth number five, and and this is a little bit more geared towards real estate, but I hear a lot of people saying, "Uh, you know what, I I went and looked at this house. I just called the listing agent. It's best for me. You know, I'm just going to call each listing agent and just look at the homes individually that I'm interested in. 
And mm. so, kind of the, and, and you can certainly do that, but I can tell you that people that, that go this route are not successful. I mean, they may be eventually, but it, it leads to a lot of frustration and a lot of uh, individuals spinning their wheels. Like kind of yeah. like committing to a lender and having a quality conversation and finding someone that you're comfortable with, you know, to kind of uh, guide you through the process. The same goes for, you know, buying a home. You should find an agent that you're comfortable with, that you click with, um, you know, that that you know is going to be looking out for your best interests. Jumping around from agent to agent just just is not mm-hmm. um, not a very successful process for people. No, and it's one of the things where it's confusing. You get on both of their lists, one shows you, and it's just, it's almost overwhelming for everybody, especially the client. Yeah. I had a lady that committed to us, signed a buyer's representation agreement. And, you know, before you know it, I subscribed to a few different lead sources. I got her as a lead three different times in one day. So I finally oh. had to call her and say, hey, you know what? Stop putting your information out there. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, we've, you know, we have a commitment here and, and let's work together and, and let's get you to your goals. So. Oh, gosh. Wow. Interesting. Kayla, our sixth and final myth we'll cover today is it's easy to sell your own home and you'll save money in the process. And so in some cases, you know, I, I look at, you know, selling a home in general. And if you break down the individual tasks, most of the tasks are not that challenging. And there are some people that have had great success in selling their own home. Although statistically speaking, most individuals will go and put their house out there. They will majorly overprice their home. Um, mm-hmm. And then they'll get really, really frustrated in the process and get really you know, offensive and, and they won't be successful. Most of which end up listing their homes with a market expert in the end. Mm-hmm. I, I've done it, Kayla. Before I got into real estate, I uh, you know, was going to sell my last home. I'd read a lot of books. I studied the market. I had my comps. Well, what I thought were comps, but really they weren't. I was cherry picking You know what, what fit my yeah. narrative. And I wasn't successful. I listed with a realtor and we were able to get it sold in, in pretty short order. So I would just say at the end of the day, um, obviously there are some do-it-yourselfers like I do some of my own electrical work. But I also know when I need to bring somebody else in, when I need to bring the professional right. in. And the same is true in real estate. And also, I will add, I have worked many transactions where realtors are not involved. And to see clients try to find the legal jargon, the words, what they need, if it's an FHA offer, what they need for that. Even when they have an attorney write it up, an attorney, yes, wonderful at contracts. However, they don't have the experience of a, a realtor. And so being on the lending side, I will a thousand percent say always use a realtor because I've seen what happens when clients don't. Absolutely. Well, those have been some interesting myths, Kayla, uh, and, and hopefully those that are watching or tuning in, you know, have found some value. And as always, if you ever have questions, if you're watching this and, you know, you're thinking about your goals, even if you're not ready to commit to anyone, reach out, have a conversation. Um, we're always happy to to sit and visit and talk more about your goals because, Kayla, I know I get really excited about helping people, you know, get to the finish line. And I know you do, too. I do. And I love the people that think they don't have an option. And then it's they're shocked to know this can be a real dream come true. We can help you. And it doesn't cost anything to talk to us. There's no commitment. It's literally just us having a conversation. So it's if anyone's wondering if they should or if it's a waste of time or their time. No, it's quite literally a conversation worth having. Sure. 
Well, Kayla, I think that wraps up episode 29 of the It's Real podcast. Uh, Great to see you, and I hope you have a great rest of the week. Have a good one. We'll see you soon. See ya. Oh, 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 oh,